Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... So when somebody says, I'm going to heaven because I'm a good person, they are boasting. They are bragging. God says, no, you can't go. You can't get in that way. He also says here they were aliens. That by An alien is someone who is from another place, not part of the covenant and promises of God made to the people of God in the word of God. So in essence, they were not committed citizens of the kingdom of God because they were not committed to the king. If you went out on the street and interviewed people asking them, what is a church? What kind of answers do you think you would get? If we were to ask you, what would you say the church or a church is? Is it a building or something else? The truth of the matter is, the church is not a building at all, but a glorious and diverse collection of people who have been made spiritually alive by the grace of God. Not only is this group of people diverse, Some of them even once looked down upon or even hated each other, but now they are part of a loving family. How does this happen? To find out, here's Pastor Jim in Ephesians chapter 2. All right, Ephesians chapter 2 through the Bible, Wednesday night. Last week we covered those famous verses in Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 10, where an amazing change takes place in those that are saved by the grace of God They are brought from death to life, from eternal death to life, from spiritual death to life. We were told that once we followed the world, the devil, and the flesh, but now we have been born of the Holy Spirit through the work of the Son, through faith and trust in the Son, Jesus, on the cross, and we are to walk in the ways of God, the good works that God has prepared for us in advance to do. I would say last week was one of those exciting before and after pictures. Do you ever see those things? And, you know, like, wow, that guy looked great before or terrible before, and now he looks great. Uh, but what's next? Are we, we do our own works? So we do our good works? So we, are we on our own? No, not at all. This week, the apostle is going to teach us, the apostle Paul is going to teach us, the people who were once outside the community of God's people are now inside the community of God's people, and they are what we know as the church. Now, what's going on in Ephesians was previously unheard of in the pagan world, the Roman, the world of the Roman Empire, not the area of Israel, Ephesus in the area of western Turkey. Two previous hostile groups, groups that absolutely hated one another, Jews and Gentiles, We're now united in Christ. Gentiles are non-Jews. Sometimes they're referred to as Greeks in the Bible. And they are now united in Christ and they're in church together. They're worshiping in the church in Ephesus and in that area as well. By the grace of God, religious, cultural, ethical, moral, and racial barriers have been broken as we're going to see tonight, by the cross of Jesus Christ. That is really great hope for the world. The only hope 
for the world. That hope is to be lived out before God and before the world by the church. And you know, a lot of people have a lot of church angst and a lot of church pain, and we have to try to minimize that and help people work their way through it. And tonight, we really come across one of the key New Testament passages regarding the church. And that's one of the reasons why I would like to, I wish it was a Sunday and I was going slower, because I think there are so many misunderstandings about it, especially in the day of, you know, what many of us live through, my own personal relationship with Jesus. And we're going to see tonight, it is personal, but it is also corporate. There's no Lone Ranger Christians, we are to be part of a body of believers. This passage explains how the church can gather people and how the church can unite people from incredibly diverse backgrounds. Once again, the cross uh, is at the center. When we say the cross, we mean the entirety of the work of Jesus Christ dying for our sins while our and while our uh, reconciliation to one another is imperfect now, it will not be when the Lord returns. You could say that the whole Bible is this way, but particularly passages like this are getting us ready for heaven, getting us ready for the next life. So verse 11 begins this section similar to the last, the way things were. And he begins by painting a dark picture like he did last week in verses 1 through 3. Therefore, that would be because of verses 1 through 10, remember, we just talked about that last Sunday, didn't we? Remember that you, once Gentiles, non-Jews in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision. Now that was a, that was a name of contempt. So it wasn't like when somebody said to you, hey, you, uncircumcised, you know, you're, that, was not a, that was not a nice thing. King David called uh, uh, Goliath an uncircumcised Philistine. So it was a name of contempt. Uh, so you who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, so the, so the Jews had this contemptuous name for the non-Jews, made in the flesh by hands. Now, What he's saying is that the people who spoke that way, while they thought they were such special people, they were made the circumcision. They had the mark of the people of God, but it was made in the flesh by hands. They're no better than anybody else. They're in the same boat because it's not circumcision of the heart by the Holy Spirit. So the Apostle Paul, writing to a church that is mostly Gentile converts in Ephesus, And he says to them, you are to remember who you once were. You were the people of the uncircumcision. You were the people who were on the outside. And as we said on Sunday, the idea of remembering should characterize all followers of Jesus Christ. When we participate in the Lord's table, we remember the cross. We remember our redemption. We remember the forgiveness of sins. We must also remember what we were saved from. Now, I know a lot of people say, well, God saved me from myself. And okay, I'll say there's some truth to that. But mostly, do you know what you were saved from? The wrath of God. Last week we learned we were once children of wrath. 
But God loves people so much, he died for the children of wrath. And so more than anything, we were saved from the wrath of God. We were saved from slavery to sin. We were saved from a Christless eternity. He's saying them, you were not, none of us were, we were not members of the people of God, but we were brought in by the blood of Christ, the Holy Spirit, and the circumcision of the heart. And before any of the Jews could brag, oh, we're the people of the circumcision, the people maybe in the congregation, maybe there was sort of a, a little different thing here, that it was better to be a Jew than it was to be a Gentile. Before any of them could brag, the Apostle Paul points out, most of them actually misunderstood circumcision. We talked a lot about it in the book of Galatians. Circumcision was a sign given to Abraham, symbolic of being God's set-apart people symbolic of cutting free sin in our lives and, and a symbolic of the great blessings of God promised to his people. Yet, circumcision had deteriorated from gratitude to God and a life lived out before God to a source of Jewish pride in themselves and scorn towards Gentiles. So God continuously sent them prophets to remind them how far they had fallen away from God's original intent that God meant circumcision and the law and other things uh, to men. He meant it to be specifically circumcision, an external ceremony of an interior heart before God. The Apostle Paul, once known as the great Jewish scholar Saul of Tarsus, reminds them, reminds us, it's not about the skin, it's about the heart. Same thing when we baptize people. It's not about the water, it's about the heart. What is communion to the saved person? It is a time we are remembering what our Savior has done for us. What is it for unsaved people? Crackers and juice. Crackers and juice. I actually went to another church Sunday night uh, with my son, and uh, I was in, they had a communion station in the back, and, I was, and there was an offering box there. I was actually putting some money in, and, and, and these girls said to me, these two girls said to me, are we allowed to take some of this? I said, sure, anybody can take it. And they're like, is it communion? I said, it might be. <laughs> <laughs> or it might be crackers and grape juice for you. I don't know what it is. It, it matters where, it's a matter of the heart. So God sent, uh, again, the prophets to remind them that any uh, external thing, this, the word of God reminds us that any external thing we do for the Lord is a matter of the heart. And in our day, it must be motivated by grace, not motivated by the flesh. Uh, Galatians 5, 6, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. So he says it doesn't matter whether you're circumcised or you're uncircumcised. It doesn't count for anything. It doesn't have any value. It doesn't accomplish anything. But the only thing that accomplishes something is your faith working itself out through love. Galatians 6, 15, 
For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything. He's like, it means nothing. It, you're just, you're just, it's, an, it's just an operation. It's just a procedure. But, and the idea is, he's telling us what counts, what does matter, is a new creation. So without being a new creation, all of this is just dead ritual. Without faith and trust, It is just dead ritual. Verse 12, he gives us the grim reality that at that time when you were going through all of this just dead ritual, you were without Christ. Some of your versions say separate from Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Another version says you were excluded from citizenship in Israel. Now, he's not talking about the physical nation. He's talking about spiritual Israel and strangers or foreigners from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That doesn't sound like good news, does it? That sounds like kind of a bummer to me. This is not a put down. He's reminding them of the cold hard facts, reporting to them from God's point of view, their spiritual state, and reminding them of the blessings that they received by the grace of God. Now, we live in an entitled generation, don't we? It's a very entitled generation. And the Apostle Paul is reminding the, 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 the church in Ephesus that there's no entitlement in heaven. That nobody gets into in heaven by entitlement. Like, I'm entitled to it. Heaven's going to be pretty awesome when I arrive. No, 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 no. We are, we are, we are saved by the grace of God. And then he tells us some of, the, some of the problems we had, some of the spiritual state of unbelieving people before they put their trust in Jesus Christ. And, and you mean, just look at these words. It is a grim reality. He says, you were without Christ. He says to them, you, you were people who were, you were not the people, the Gentiles were not the people of the promised Messiah. Now, a lot of people rejected the promised Messiah, but they were looking, those who were saved prior to Christ were looking forward to the promised Messiah. And the Gentiles were not the people of the anointed one. They were not the people of the king of kings. Now, this is one of the things that's, I know, probably not in this crowd. But in a lot of places, a lot of Christians think that all religions are essentially the same. Or people who say they're Christians, that they're essentially the same. Do you get the impression from the Apostle Paul in this verse here that that's what he's saying? He says that when you are without Christ, you are in a terrible position. You're in a terrible, terrible place. And and Jesus and the apostles taught that this is the condition of every person who has not put their trust in the Messiah. There is no forgiveness of sins and there is no eternal life in heaven. Remember, we talked about last week that we are saved by grace, not of works, By the grace of God, because of Christ, we grab it on through faith, not through works, lest anybody should boast. I'm combining Bible versions now. That's what happens when you you grow up with one version and then you switch to another one. And then you read about 20 others. But, But So when somebody says, I'm going to heaven because I'm a good person, they are boasting. They are bragging. God says, no, you can't go. You can't get in that way. He also says here they were aliens. 
that by an alien is someone who is from another place, not part of the covenant and promises of God made to the people of God in the word of God. So in essence, they were not committed citizens of the kingdom of God because they were not committed to the king. In Romans 9, verse 4 and 5, the apostle Paul says of his Jewish kinsmen, uh, who are, or they are, Israelites to whom pertain, the idea is to whom belong, the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the service of God, and the promises of whom are the fathers, probably the patriarchs, and from whom, the patriarchs' family line, according to the flesh, that would be the physical birth, Christ, another word for Messiah, came, who was overall the eternally blessed God, amen. He's saying when you were Gentiles, none of this was yours. None of this was yours. When you were Gentile pagans, none of this was yours. Finally, they, he says, they were and we were having no hope and without God in the world. Does that sound good? That doesn't sound good. Now, now you say some people are, are full of hope. He means the certainty of being with God in this world and in the next world. Now, here's the interesting thing. A lot of people don't feel forsaken by God. Why don't they feel forsaken by God? Because they don't know God. <laughs> Does somebody come up and tell you some really bad news about somebody and you go, I'm sorry, but I don't know them, <laughs> right? Like you feel bad, but, but I don't know them. You know, you watch the news, you're like, wow, that's really bad. That's, that's, that's really bad. While Gentiles could convert, most of them live their lives, like most people today, without really even a second thought to God, who is our hope of eternal life. So what he's saying here is pretty, pretty stark. He's saying that most of our world has no hope beyond this life. And, 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 you know, we did this bizarre study in Ecclesiastes that, that it's, on the, it's on our website that was basically, really pay attention when you go to a funeral, he's saying. Remember that? Solomon said, when you go to, when you go to a funeral, really pay attention. Don't waste a funeral. Watch and see what's going on. Because in a lot of funerals, what do you basically get? You get, you get a few memories and, and the classic, well, they're in a better place now. That's about it. Well, I know they're watching us now. Really? Oh, this outfit again? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm laughing about it, but it's really sad. It's sad. Funerals can be so gloomy. Now, I, I understand when... When, when, when someone dies you know, very young or, or they take their life or you know, a life is cut off, I, I, I understand that. I don't know how many of you saw, um, there was a kid yesterday on Long Island that was going out to cross-country practice and was run over by one of the employees of the school. Quarter mile from the house I grew up in. They're showing all the pictures. I'm like, that's my backyard practically. And, and, and funerals can be so gloomy, and, and, and sometimes you watch pastors, and they're, 
They're trying their best, some of them. I, some of them, I don't know what they're talking about. But they're trying to, their best to bring words of hope for people who feel absolutely hopeless. But followers of Jesus, we have hope. We have hope. We don't have to cry, the Bible says, as those who have no hope. We don't weep that way. Now, sometimes we have different thoughts of the ancient world. The ancient world uh, was a pretty hopeless world. There, there was a lot of, we have a lot of conveniences and a lot of things that make this world better. I'm not saying this is a, any great thing. But people were asking the, the, the same questions we are. I mean, you know, how are we going to put food on the table? You know, what, what's going on with my kids? What's going on with my family? What's the future going to hold? Why, why is life so hard? Now, from the time we become Christians to the time we go to glory, there's great difficulties for us as, as Christians. But part of the difficulties are that we are citizens of heaven. That's why here on earth we have to remember what Christ has done and what he has in store for us. Remembrance is a powerful thing. It produces gratitude towards God, which should produce love towards his people. You say, how is it possible to be grateful to God and to have love towards his people in the midst of such gloom? Well, remember last week we had one of the big butts of the Bible? Here's another big butt of the Bible. Verse 13. But now, so the gloom and doom we just covered, something has happened, something has changed, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by what? By the blood of Christ. But I, but I thought it was by being circumcised. No. Baptized. No. Good person. No. Anything wrong with those things? No. But that's not what brings you close to God. You've been brought close. You've been brought onto the inside, from the outside, into the inside, brought near to God. You were far from God. You were living without hope, without God, without Christ, without God in the world. But now you have been brought near by the blood of Christ, no longer separate. Those who have trusted in Jesus are now in Christ Jesus, make no mistake about it, by the blood of Christ. Now, here's another thing that sort of gets me a little bit. Again, probably not this crowd, but I'm not, we're going to come later on in chapter 4 that says that my job is to equip you for the work of the ministry. So when you talk to your friends and family members and coworkers, when you get invited to weddings, when you go to places where you don't know a lot of people or somebody, people are asking you stuff, you have to be equipped in the conversations. That's my job, to equip you by teaching you so, so you know, you're able to speak with people. I, I was talking with a dear friend today who was talking with people and they were asking if he was a pastor. Right? I mean, if you know three Bible verses, people ask you a pastor. But if you can explain how to get to heaven to people, what the Word of God teaches, you're 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 really, um, really ahead of the class. And some people who call themselves Christians, churches that call themselves Christian churches, 
I don't care what they call themselves. Just don't call yourself church. Put little to no emphasis on the cross. That is a completely unbiblical approach to the Christian faith. He just told us we're brought near to God by the blood of Christ. Everything is about the blood of Christ, the, the cross of Christ. And so, and so when we don't even talk about it, are we really a Christian church at that point? Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for joining us on today's edition of Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Would you like to hear this message again? Simply log on to our website, www.changedbyloveradio.com. There, you can listen to archive broadcasts, load our mobile app, as well as listen to Pastor Jim's easy-to-follow, verse-by-verse teaching on much of the Bible. You can also request a CD of this message in its original, unedited form on our website. If you would prefer to write to us, our address is Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. That's Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Or you can give us a call at 973-659-3380. Once again, that's 973-659-3380. Changed by Love is sponsored by listeners like you. We are so thankful for your continued support and prayers that allow us to bring our show to you on this station. Make sure you tell your friends and family about Changed by Love on this station, as well as how to listen to Pastor Jim on our website and mobile app. In the next edition of Changed by Love, Pastor Jim will continue teaching through God's Word. Glance at the clock right now, and please make plans to join us next time to be encouraged, comforted, and challenged by the Word of God. You are all a blessing to us. We hope to see you next time here on Changed by Love. Changed by Love.